Welcome to the Enrich Your Soul Podcast, episode 119 with author and CEO of Hint Incorporated, Kara Golden. Welcome to the Enrich Your Soul Podcast, a series of inspirational messages, stories, and testimonials to help you achieve your goals or just get started in creating a new positive direction in your life. I'm your host, Rich Bracken, and in each episode, I will share a new perspective through perseverance and self-awareness to help you live your best life personally and professionally. Let's get started. Welcome to the Enrich Your Soul podcast. Y'all, today I am over the moon because it's fun to have a guest on that I really believe in what they've done, what they've accomplished, the, the path that they've taken. But it's even more exciting for me when it's something that is a, a daily household factor for me. And so today's guest is one of my favorite people that I've gotten to know through studying her and listening to her. She has a phenomenal new book that's coming out that I want to talk about later on, but her products in her company are the best that I've ever encountered. And and literally, there. this is just me being an honest fan of, of Kara and of Hint. So I'm so thrilled to welcome Kara Golden, who is the founder of CEO, founder and CEO of Hint Incorporated, who is best known for their award-winning Hint Water, leading unsweetened flavored water. She has received numerous accolades, including being named EY Entrepreneur of the Year in 2017, one of InStyle's 2019 Badass 50, and Fast Company's Most Creative People in Business. She's also been recognized as one of the six disruptors in business by the Huffington Post alongside Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg. Previously, Kara was the VP of Shopping and E-Commerce at America Online, where she helped lead the growth of its shopping and e-commerce business to over $1 billion in revenue. She's an active speaker and writer, and in 2017, she launched Unstoppable with Kara Golden, which is a phenomenal podcast that you have to check out. I'm a huge fan of that as well, where she interviews founders, entrepreneurs, and disruptors across various industries. And today, we're also going to talk about Kara's first book because she, she has a bigger plate of things that I've ever seen from anybody, and she does them all extremely well. But her first book, Undaunted, published by Harper Leadership, will be released later this month in October. And Kara lives in the Bay Area with her family, and you have to follow Kara on her website at karagolden.com and on all social channels at Kara Golden. So without further ado, because that could go on for a whole podcast episode about why this woman is fantastic, but welcome, Kara. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, that's such a nice intro. Thank you so much. So how is everything going out in the Bay Area with you today? Good. It was sunny. I had my uh, uh, five-mile hike this morning before I got on the call. So um, I I go out with, uh, actually this morning, my husband and my dogs. And I uh, live in Marin County. And um, I think in many ways through this crazy, you know, I don't even know, seven months, eight months, (laughs) I don't even know what it is anymore. Um, You know, just having access to, you know, the great outdoors, my my house actually backs up to a hundred acres of state park. So I'm in oh, wow. there at least once a day. And, you know, I feel really lucky that I, you know, literally live there and right. you know, where it's, um, you know, you can, I don't know, there's something about nature that is just, that is, you know, really soothing and, and healing, I think just to help me think at least. And I think for everybody, but I, th- I really believe it's something that I, I feel really lucky that I've been able to have access to and spend more time there. That is, that is absolutely fantastic. And I, I feel more relaxed just thinking about your surroundings. <laughs> so I can imagine what it looks like on a daily basis to look out your window and think, ah, this is the landscape that I get to wake up to every morning. Yeah. So fantastic. So when you talk about natural and, and feeling, feeling very good, I mean, I can't not segue over into Hint itself as a company. And so can you tell us a little bit about why you started Hint? Because the story is fantastic. And I just want the, the listeners to hear why, why this happened. Yeah. So, you know, I, I wasn't in the beverage industry or um, the food industry. I, I really did it because I was a consumer that actually had a big problem with diet soda. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it. Um, I'd been drinking, you know, diet soda for years and thinking that there wasn't anything wrong with it because um, it called itself diet. And so for me, diet equated to health. And so, you know, when I woke up after, you know, actually being in a totally different industry, tech. I started my career in media and then and then went into tech and 
as you mentioned, was running the the shopping and and e-commerce partnerships at AOL. I I really I left there and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And I had been looking at nonprofits, trying to figure out if there was one in particular that I really thought I could, you know, kind of hop on board to. And um, I I have a lot of interests. So for me, it was like really hard to sort of nail one down that I really wanted to um, hang my hat on. And that's when I really started looking at um, getting in shape. And I had been a competitive gymnast growing up and and you know, really just felt like I knew how to work out. I was a big runner, um, you know, and and so I I started exercising again. I always kind of exercised, but I was living in the city in San Francisco at the time, and um, you know, I figured since I'm not working and I had three kids at the time that I was like going to go and do this. I had also gained a bunch of weight over the course of my pregnancies that I really hadn't gotten the weight off, and so anyway. Um, that's when I started reading labels. And this was like, you know, 16, 17 years ago now. I like, much to my surprise, a lot of people like really were not reading labels back then. I mean, they were just kind of starting um, to read labels, but certainly not on drinks. I mean, they were reading them on food. And so that's when one day, purely by accident, I looked at my diet soda and saw how many ingredients were in there and kind of joked that I cared more about what I was putting into my car than I did to my own body. And I was drinking anywhere from eight to 12, you know, cans or fountain sodas of diet soda a day. And I never drank water because I had sort of convinced myself that, you know, this drink was made up of water. And so, um, Again, I think because I didn't have a job at the time, I really started to think, you know, a lot about just this industry and was fascinated by why, you know, a fairly smart person like me, you know, had been like, how did I get hooked? And, you know, and and like at the time they didn't even have zero calorie drinks. It was it was 10 calories. And I thought, you know, why is it 10? Why isn't it, you know, zero and and sort of what goes on in this industry. And, you know, that's when I really realized that, you know, the diet sweetener industry was, you know, pretty corrupt and, and how, you know, everybody talked about sugar, but the reality is, is that these, you know, most of the people who have health issues actually claim to be drinking and eating, you know, low fat and diet and, I had been actually a friend of mine works at the Center for Disease Control, and she was sharing with me that um, that they had seen this new disease crop up called type two diabetes. And at that point, it was like two percent of the population had it. It was still pretty small, but it was really interesting because people were drinking and eating diet, and um, and like yet they had this thing called diabetes, and. So they were really sort of monitoring it and watching it. P.S. Like today, 40 to 45% of the population has type 2 diabetes or prediabetes. And, you know, in women, type 2 diabetes is actually a fairly good indicator that you're going to get heart disease. Like it's like there's just there's just a lot of components, you know, why we should care about actually understanding exactly what's going on in our body. So anyway... That's when, um, you know, I just decided the stuff is just really bad. I'm going to just stop drinking it and see what happens. And, and uh, I started drinking plain water. I hated water. Like I just like, I aspired to be a water drinker, but I'm like, this is awful. Like it just, it just has no taste. Like how do people like do this every single day? And so that's when I, um, you know, just said, I'm going to line up my eight glasses every day and I'm going to force myself to do it. And so I did that. And two and a half weeks later, I lost over 20 pounds. I was, um, my energy levels went up. I was, um, you know, I had developed terrible adult acne, which went away. And so I really started to see, you know, the, not only like how hard this was for me, but also like, if I actually knew and I wanted to solve my health issues, then I would start doing this. And that, and so one day, purely by accident, almost kind of cheating, I started slicing up fruit and I threw it in water. And then friends were saying to me, uh, oh, that's really great. You have like a pomegranate in your water. And I said, 
that's the only way that I'll drink water. And then they'd be, you know, they'd always want to look at my water and they're like, oh, you put raspberries and lime in your water. Wow, that's such a great idea. And so every day it was sort of like the topic of conversation. I'd be like driving my kids to preschool and they'd want to see like what I had in my water. And that's when I, you know, really realized that like there's a lot of people out there. Obviously, these industries are really big. I had no idea how big it was, but I thought, gosh, there's so many people that actually, you know, do want to get healthy, whether that's, you know, control a disease like type 2 diabetes or lose weight or, you know, something else or just drink water. And yet they're not getting the right information on what product could really kind of help them to do this. And so one day I was in Whole Foods, this new market that had just opened in San Francisco and I was shopping and I thought, you know, huh, I wonder if this product is in the beverage aisle. Frankly, I'd never really gone to the beverage aisle for years. Like I had just been, I, you know, diet soda was just kind of like I bought it, but I didn't really look around. And I was fascinated by how many other drinks were there that were like calling themselves water that really, that had sugar in it or vitamin or, you know, all these other things. And I thought, God, there's just so much like stacked against consumers around health, like people who are even willing to pay at a market like a Whole Foods that maybe is, you know, premium and a little bit more expensive. They're trying so hard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes, it's about taste, but it's also about, you know, I think like they think it's better for them. Right. And they're buying based on the, on these words. So that's when, you know, I thought if I could actually develop a product like this, I didn't even think it was a company. I really just was sort of doing it thinking, eh, I'll just do it while I'm, you know, in, in between jobs. Right. If I could get it on the shelf at, at Whole Foods, maybe I could actually show the industry that there's a market for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even when I, you know, actually developed the product, it's funny. I mean, people would say to me, oh my gosh, that's so cool you launched a product and you got it on the shelf at Whole Foods and or launched a company. And I was like, wait, it's not really a company. Like I've worked at big companies like AOL and CNN and, you know, mm -hmm. and this is like three SKUs. And so I would almost like, you know, have, I had my own doubts, right? I didn't necessarily call them doubts, but I was definitely doubting, you know, like me, like do this. I, I don't know. Like I'm just sort of like doing it because I think it'd just be fun mm -hmm. um, to do it. And that's when, you know, I got it on the shelf and then I, you know, and then ultimately, you know, we thought we were off to the races. We had no idea sort of what we were up against and, you know, what the next 15 years would look like. Right. Um, but that's, yeah. So crazy story. And, and to, to make that story even crazier, and I read this the other day too, about that, that first delivery to Whole Foods was under unique circumstances, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, the first delivery to Whole Foods, we were supposed to get it like two weeks before my fourth child was born and I was having a planned C-section. And, uh, and so it, the product actually, I got a pallet at my house like the day before we were like, we had made my garage kind of a, a makeshift office. And, um, and so I woke up the next morning, I was going to the hospital and had to be there by two o'clock for a plan C-section for my fourth. And my husband said to me when I woke up that morning, he's like, what do you want to do? Do you, do you want to like go on a walk or, and I said, let's go to Whole Foods and see if we can get the product on the shelf, you know, before I have to be at the hospital and he's like, not what I was thinking at all. <laughs> and, you know, and he hadn't been involved and he had been in, you know, he came to the plant with me to actually make the product and stuff, but he hadn't really like gone to Whole Foods and met anybody over at Whole Foods. So he was shocked when, you know, I went there, he, he like carried the 10 cases in um, from the car. And uh, I found the guy that I had been sort of, you know, had a banter going with about sort of like, gosh, this product is really needed. And I was sh sharing with him, you know, my story about giving up sweeteners and how hard it is, you know, to actually find a water that just tastes better without any of these, you know, diet sweeteners or regular sugar. And so I see the guy and he was like, oh my God, you're, you're so pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I know. And he's like, when, like, are you going to deliver in the store right now? And then I was like, well, hopefully not. I mean, I have a planned C-section at two o'clock and you know, my poor husband was like, 
backing up into the fruit and vegetable aisle because he was like, oh my God, she's going to actually explain what a plant C-section is. And so sure enough, I like go on to like talk about what a plant C-section is. And he's like, wait, so there's like, how else are babies born? And I was like, okay, well, it's going to take like 15 minutes and let's go through this whole thing. And then at the end, he thanked me. He was like, oh, I like, no one ever really talked to me about this. And, you know, thank you so much. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, let's go. This is great. And, um, and I said, so by the way, I have these cases of hint and it, is there any way you'll put them on the shelf and put them in, you know, the coal box and, He's like, um, I'll try. So we left the store that day, not even knowing whether or not it was mm. going to get on the shelf. I had my son, Justin. And then the next morning we get a phone call from him and he is like, Hey, um, I just wanted you to know that like the 10 cases are gone. And I was like, who took them? I mean, I didn't even think that like they actually were sold. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 they, they were sold. And you know, it's like, we need more product. Like now, is there someone that can deliver product? Do you have a distributor? And I'm like, uh, no, do you have somebody that we can call to get a distributor? Like I had no idea what I was like up against at all. And he is like, you know, so basically we, we didn't know what to do. And so I checked out of the hospital with my husband. And of course that's when he jumped in and he was like, look, I'll go over to Whole Foods and I'll go deliver the cases. And by the way, I should probably have a business card. And he's a, he is a, um, as he says, recovering lawyer, um, tech right. lawyer. And so he was just like, he was like, I have no idea how to deliver case or cases or invoice or do any of the stuff, but whatever. Like he just got a kick out of the whole thing and, and got a business card that said chief operating officer of Hint. And he's still chief operating officer today. And, you know, at full disclosure, I mean, he says... Like the main reason why he was here was because he thought it was a great idea. And the more he talked to me about it, he's like, God, like there's, you know, like you said, the decks are just stacked against, uh, mm-hmm. you know, consumers. And if we can actually do more to improve health by giving people, you know, this option to actually buy a bottle, they may, you know, be motivated and inspired to ultimately, you know, like be able to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. so often when, you know, you go to a doctor or, you know, you go on a diet or whatever, like the, the number of people who ultimately don't do what the doctor says or don't mm-hmm. trust him or, you know, or the diet doesn't work and then they just give up. But the number of people who write to me on a daily basis and say, like, you know, what's in your product? Like, why am I actually getting healthier Mm-hmm. Um, or thank you for your product. Like you've just like changed my life. Like that is just, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Right. And I'm sure the soda companies aren't getting those, those same like kind of messages. Right. Like it's right. just because we're actually doing something that, you know, is truly, you know, healthy and better for people. So anyway, that, that was the story where, you know, I don't know why he put it on the shelf at Whole Foods. Like maybe it's because I educated him on, you know, on where babies come from and how to deliver a baby. Um, but you know, whatever, like, I, I think it just, it sort of, you know, goes to the, the, um, you know, kind of the, the lesson and sort of the things that I believe that, you know, you show your human side. Mm-hmm. you know, as a, as, you know, whether you're a salesperson or you're just like somebody that is, you know, show your cur- curiosity, show, you know, you don't have to know everything. You have to sort of, you know, understand, you know, it's the EQ, right. right. And understand right. what you're, and I think that's for me has always been something that is, um, you know, natural, maybe in some ways that I've mm-hmm. just been really curious. I've never been afraid to say like, oh, actually, I don't know something. Um, but I'm also very interested in learning. And I think right. like when I see that in other individuals, whether they're somebody at our plant or, you know, somebody who is a buyer or, you know, it's, it's like, for me, that is, um, you know, that's such a great thing because I think it's, that's exactly who we need to be dealing with. Right. Well, and it sounds like that curiosity is what 
led this all to happen. I mean, we yeah. go back to what you mentioned earlier about asking the questions and why why are these diet sodas 10 calories and not zero calories? And what why are these chemicals in there? Why why is this happening? So asking the questions of the norm or whatever the, the industry standard is. And and yeah. it's interesting when you mentioned, and it's ironic that when you mentioned giving up those sodas and losing 20 pounds, I, I actually had gone on a personal weight loss journey. And that was the first thing that I cut out. So I went on to lose a hundred pounds, but the first 20 pounds came from just sodas, sweeteners, wow. those kinds of things. Yeah, And it was shocking to me how, because it, it was also a mindset of changing from being a, a college football player to doing more aerobic type things and cardio type things. And that was out of my wheelhouse. So I was like, I'll just change my diet first and see what happens. Wow. And by just That's- cutting those out, that 20 pounds was gone in a heartbeat. So yeah. that was, that was what was shocking. So when you were talking that it was just like having these fond memories of having that same feeling of being surprised, but I mean, delighted that I was losing the weight, but shocked at how easy it was by just making that one change. Yeah, no. And that's what we believe too. And I think, you know, unfortunately so many people, you know, every soda that's out there is sweetened with something. And what I think most consumers don't do the research on which is definitely out there, it's just hard to find is like what these diet sweeteners are doing in your brain. And, you know, they're often like forcing people to overeat. Mm -hmm. And so you crave sweet. So often, you know, people will say to us, especially if they had been big soda people, you know, you've probably seen it even like on Twitter, like people will say to me, oh, I didn't taste anything, you know, in hint. And, you know, I can always write to those people and say, like, do you remember what you had right before? Because if they like, you know, had pancakes with maple syrup, not that that is like a horrible thing, but if you had pancakes with maple syrup, your taste buds are now coated with, Mm -hmm. you know, something where it may actually be really hard for you to taste hint because it doesn't have the sweeteners in it. And so you almost have to part of the reason why we don't sample with like tiny little cups is because we just don't control what somebody had right before. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you've like, haven't had anything for the last couple of hours and, you know, you're having a sandwich, then, you know, you'll probably love hint, right? Like it's exactly what you need. But if you have something that's heavily sweetened with it and you're expecting something that is going to taste just like a vitamin water, then you know, it's, it's going to be tough for you. And so when I tell people that and share that with them, you know, they tip, I'd say 90% of the time they do this experiment at home and they're like, wow, like that. It's so interesting. And now it's like, I mean, I live this way now too. And certainly I love, I love real maple syrup, but it's very hard for me to even have that much of it. Like, I feel like I'm like, whoa, like what, what just happened now? Because I'm so sensitive to it. And I never have diet sweeteners. I'm like, I mean, it, when like, I can't even, I can't chew gum anymore. Like with, mm. with even like erythritol and you know, some of the stuff that like, I can just, I like, I can almost smell it now. It's, I've become so sensitive to it. So, and again, like, I just think it's, it's an industry that is so overlooked and yet there's no incentive. You know, it's like some of the studies that even the diet sweeteners um, do are, are the diet sweetener sweetener industry does is like backed by large pharmaceutical companies that, actually make drugs for type 2 diabetes. Why would they want to actually stop, right? right? And so there's just the, there's just a lot of stuff that I've run into that, you know, people will say to me, oh, what's it like running a beverage company? And I'm like, for, for us, like, that's a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like, that is like, right. that's all it is. Like, we love our, we love Hint and we love the brand. But for me, it was really more about health and about actually helping people to actually find health that it was really the the kind of key trigger for me that that I wanted to get involved in this. Well, and it, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about passion in, in your pursuit. And I think too, being, you know, when, when I first heard about you, I was curious about the company just because of my own personal health journey. And that to me was to, you know, ironically, you know, no pun intended, it was refreshing yeah. to hear that somebody had taken this approach to it because of my mindset of trying to be healthy. And I've always found it ironic that we as a country, or maybe it's not ironic, more deliberate, 
based especially off what you just said about pharmaceutical industry and, 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 and beverage industry. But I think it was always disappointing to me to find out how hard it was to get healthy the right mm-hmm. way, not only from a product offering standpoint, but from a cost standpoint, like it literally costs, you know, four to five times more to eat healthy than it does to not eat healthy because the, the things are mass produced and it's just, you know, you can go down, that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also when you, when you engage, like the first time we tried hint and we, you know, we had, we had our boys try it too and they went crazy for it because it does have that natural taste to it. It is, it is very light and refreshing and you feel healthy drinking it, Yeah, but it wasn't just the beverage of it because when like the lip balm came out, we couldn't get, you know, we couldn't buy one quick enough. When the sunscreen came out, we couldn't get it quick enough because that health mentality that you carry forward in the brand and through the company, like you said, the drink is just a vehicle of that. Yeah. It's all of these other things that are helping you be healthy. Yeah. And I think like, that's the thing that it's, you know, as we've expanded outside of beverages too, um, you know, that, that really, I mean, the first one that we did was, was, um, was sunscreen Mm -hmm. and it was, uh, I had some basal cells on my nose and had them removed and then found out that, you know, I was, looking for a sunscreen that didn't have this ingredient called oxybenzone. And so when we finally developed this great sunscreen that I was using that I really liked, I, we just decided to slap that on the packaging and say no oxybenzone. Like no one was like talking about oxybenzone a few years ago when we came out with this. I mean, maybe there was one or two, but it was not something that was like, you know, common. Today, it's very, very common. And what we realized is, um, you know, we so basically we put Hint on the bottle just to as a placeholder because we needed it for the FDA documents in order mm-hmm. to, um, you know, get this FDA approval because all sunscreens have, are regulated by the FDA. And so when we did that um, and, you know, we finally got the approval and then we got the product out there, it's funny, like, the beverage industry was like really upset by the fact that we were like a beverage company. And then we had, you know, gone into the sunscreen industry and we actually got a ton of press off of it, which I thought was like really funny. And I was like, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't, you know, change the name. Like we were just doing it kind of like as a kind of almost internal like test just to see. Um, but people ask me that all the time. Did you plan on, and we talk about this in the book too, like, did you plan on going into these other categories? No, not, re- not really. I mean, we just sort of did it. And, but what we realized is not only would we get more and more press off of it because people were watching us and sort of, you know, we were, we were leading right. in in this industry around, around soda and around drinks. But then when we launched the, um, the sunscreen and we started talking about oxybenzone, we started seeing these products coming out that were, um, I'm, I'm like, uh, I've got the fly running around in here. <laughs> I've got, uh, we had, um, anyway, they, we had more people who were like, Oh, wow. Like we don't even know what oxybenzone is. And now all these sunscreens are coming out with oxybenzone. So we, we then realized that, our role had now shifted from not just educating consumers, but also really kind of calling out, you know, leaders in these industries and now the sunscreen industry to say, do better. Mm -hmm. And so people would, people would write to us and say like, did you see like, you know, such and such like sunscreen company was copying you. And I'm like, no, but I, I'm fine with that. Like, I mean, there's, there's, they'll be bigger than us. Like they have way more shelf space than us, but if they actually do better for the consumer and that's my role in the world is actually to lead and really, you know, show these people that there's like better sunscreen products are needed and, Mm -hmm. you know, then that's great. And so we've continued to kind of think like that and, you know, came out with deodorant at the beginning of this year and really calling attention to aluminum and, um, and because all all antiperspirant has, um, has aluminum in it. And so anyway, I just, I think it's, it's been really, really exciting, um, just kind of really leading the consumers. And I mean, I'd like to say that there's like only a few people like you that are, you know, kind of like waiting for us to do what's next. But I mean, it's amazing how many people are just like you that are, you know, saying like, gosh, I never really thought about that. And, 
even during, you know, the pandemic, I just came out with um, hand sanitizer Mm. and, you know, and it's amazing. I mean, we did it in three different scents. We have it in lime, clementine and grapefruit. And, you know, it's like, I mean, these other hand sanitizers, half the time, they either smell too much like alcohol. One actually was made of tequila. And I, and, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, like I might, enjoy margarita now and then, but <laughs> seriously, like I, I just couldn't believe, like I stunk like tequila for three days. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just, there's, there are categories that are just like, people are just expecting consumers to buy them. And, you know, whether it's sunscreen or deodorant or, um, or this hand sanitizer, and I just feel like we can actually push it and do better with them. So, so that's really, you know, the bigger mission for the company and obviously always having health in mind. And, you know, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think that we had a great idea or a great product. Yeah. And so based off of the, the fly interaction, we're, we'll be looking for the next, uh, fly repellent slash air freshener. Yeah, repellent. right. I mean, <laughs> I, totally. I know. Hysterical. So, so I do, I want to talk about the book, uh, for a little bit, because I, I, again, like I'm, I'm so impressed with what you've got in there and I'm excited for everybody to have the chance to, to read about it. But I want to talk about, because everything that you're doing is going yeah. against the norm. Like these are the things that one, I like, I applaud the fact that you've said, this is something that I can't find in the industry. So therefore I'm going to go create it, which I think mm-hmm. is the mark of a great entrepreneur in the first place. But then yep. you, you've, it's not like you've, you found a really small niche thing. Like you've, you've just kind of launched into some of the biggest industries in, in the world and have yep. done it well and have done it the right way. But with that comes risk. With that comes doubt, either external doubt or internal doubt. So when we talk about the book, which is Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, what's an example I mean, obviously, there's there's probably plenty that you can draw on, but what's an, exa- an example of a doubt or a doubter that you've personally overcome that you would say, like, this is a great example of how I had to overcome this internally to move forward? Yeah, I mean, there's so many different stories in the book, you know, that when I think about a time when I was really having to deal with people, and first of all, I think what I always share with, you know, people, especially when I'm advising you know, whether it's an entrepreneur or a friend or, or my, even my kids, it's like, you have to figure out, um, you know, first of all, like, why do you believe this? Like, do you actually doubt things? And so oftentimes it, it like, you know, kind of starts and ends with you, what you ultimate, how you react to things and how you think about things. And I clearly had doubts whether or not I could actually, you know, start this company or, you know, or do a lot of different pieces in, in my life. But, but then when I, you know, had these doubts, um, when I was starting Hint, I then was sharing with a friend of mine. I mean, at the time, I guess where my head was, was, you know, trying to figure out, could I actually launch, um, this product because I didn't understand distribution. I hadn't been in the beverage industry. Um, I remember a guy that was, like number two at vitamin water had told me I could never actually start a beverage company if I didn't live in New York city. And of course, like, you know, he's a big beverage guy, so he -hmm. should know, like all of these like things were kind of coming at me because I was inviting them, right. To sort of give opinions about things. Um, but then, um, you know, the key one was I finally got connected to this, you know, big soda executive who Mm. was in Atlanta and he, you know, was working at that soda company down there. And we got on a phone call and basically I shared with him that I'd built this thing in San Francisco and, and was getting pretty good sales and feedback from consumers. And I really think like I've kind of, you know, hit on this like trend around people really wanting water that tastes better. And I mean, essentially gave him the idea and somewhere in there, I sort of blurted out, like, you can just have the company. Like I, I'm a tech executive. I'm not really like, I have no idea what I'm doing here Mm -hmm. and I just want it to go on. And, um, I'm really thankful for what he said next, um, which was certainly not what I anticipated, but he said, sweetie, Americans love sweet. You know, this product isn't going anywhere. And I was like, wait, what? What did he say? And I didn't even hear what he said for like the next two minutes. Um, And, you know, it's funny because I think at that point I realized that 
hit that statement with something that I fundamentally didn't believe was true because I had seen, you know, and sort of hearing from consumers and certainly, you know, that wasn't what I wanted. I didn't want, you know, more sweet. I wanted, you know, a way to drink water and, mm-hmm. and just water that tasted better. And so that's when I recognized that I was actually taking, you know, feedback from somebody who really was on a totally different mission. And so I, you know, sat there on the phone with them for the next 45 minutes and sort of heard basically, you know, the soda giants kind of strategy around how they thought, you know, about really tricking consumers into, you know, buying more stuff versus actually, you know, caring about the consumer. And so I thought like the main reason why I'm doing this is because the product isn't out there and it helped me so much. And never did I hear those words like we're helping consumers, you know, we care about health. And so that's when, you know, I thought I have to do this company. Like for me, it's, um, you know, it's really imperative that I just kind of get the message out there and, and, you know, definitely tell people my why and why I did it. But, you know, there's these large companies that are out there that people sort of think like, oh, you're never going to be, um, you know, be able to be successful. It, those are clearly my thoughts too. But it was just, even though I didn't have traditional experience, what I had was this curiosity and experience of actually solving this problem for myself. So I needed to actually take this out there and really help, you know, other people to understand it too. And, but I also recognized early on within like the first year that things like, you know, going to grocery stores, for example, and trying to get our product on the shelf at like a Safeway, like they didn't even know how to categorize us because, you know, and, and that, like encouraged the doubts as well. Like I thought, well, nobody gets what I'm talking about. And so we had to do a ton of education. And then slowly we started making progress along the way. But, you know, the one kind of lesson that I would say, um, you know, that I talk about in the book too, but know that if, if you're so far ahead of where, you know, the consumer or the buyer or whatever, like there's really nobody else out there that's doing what you're doing. Like it's just very expensive to educate consumers and you, and it takes time, right? Like you can't shove it down their throat and say like, you know, diet sweeteners are bad and everybody's going to be like, Oh my God. Like I, you know, of course you're absolutely right. And so you know, when I hear entrepreneurs like come up with big ideas in every category and they're the only one that's actually doing it, you know, while I think it's noble, especially if it's something related to health, I also feel like, you know, you got to have a lot of money like to do this and you cannot be in a rush. Like, you know, you can't be sitting here saying, I'm going to flip this thing in two years and, you know, and we'll be done because it really does make, it takes time. Right. Well, and any kind of proper disruption goes that path, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, when you when you're it's not just the the competition factor; it's the re-education or, totally. or just a like a first run education to the consumer of why this is different, why it's important that it's different. And I love the idea of creating something that doesn't have a true category because it steps outside of the norm. And to me, that's truly trailblazing to say like this, this doesn't fit with everything else. And there's not a, there's not a, there's not a historical definition of what this is or a category that this fits in because of the questions that you asked earlier. Why, why are the, why is the industry the way that it is? And why is it not built to do better? And I, you know, when you talked about the the conversation you had with with that company down there, um, that is really key to say, like, why why am I not hearing what I believe? Yeah. And why doesn't that? Yeah, no, totally. And I I would say that you know the other piece of this, and part of the reason, frankly, why I wanted to write the book too, is I feel like you know, when you are launching new categories and truly disrupting and things that I've, you know, been awarded for. And, you know, I've also said it's, it's lonely, right? Like it's not, it's, you know, when you're, it's, when it's not a popular, 
you know, concept, when you are very ahead, you know, of, of kind of the curve, it's a, um, you know, it's, it's exceptionally hard. I mean, forget about the fact that the beverage industry is one of the most competitive industries. I think in addition, you know, yes, there's lots of concepts, including I'm a female, you know, CEO and, you know, also a mom and, you know, and, and, you know, didn't have any experience and, and all of these pieces. But I also think that in addition to all of that, it's like entrepreneurs today are sort of held up as this, like, you know, these warriors and, you know, it's kind of glamorized, you know, being an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur. And I also wanted people to really understand, you know, that being an entrepreneur is like incredibly hard Mm -hmm. and like, there's way easier ways to make money. And I think that, you know, it is like a, I mean, it's, you know, some days it's, you feel like you've, you're sentenced to it because you're in so deep, you know, and like, and, but imagine going into a room and trying to explain to people, you know, that this is what we're like working towards and everybody's looking at you like, you know, like, I don't know if she's like, you know, what plane she came in on or right like why why do we need this like I mean that was like so common and again to be able to like get back up again every single day and just stay centered and get this mindset like okay I'm gonna keep going and I'm gonna just like find my tribes and find like that I mean that is that was my reality so I really you know I would share this with friends over the years. And thankfully, you know, my husband was like working with me. So I did have somebody to like talk to. And obviously we grew our company with like lots of people, et cetera. But I felt like when I would be, you know, talking in audiences or, you know, mentoring entrepreneurs and sort of sharing some of the stories of, you know, how we did it and how we overcame so much. Like I I just thought, gosh, that, that it just needs to be shared. Mm -hmm. like more and more that these, you know, stories, like it can be done, but it's very rare, um, too, that, you know, you actually have a, you know, CEO who is also the founder 15 years later, who is, um, who's still operating the company and who's writing a book about this too. I mean, that is also something that, you know, it's just not, the books are just not out there. Typically it's like, you know, somebody left the company years ago, like something bad happened or they got kicked out or, or, you know, they had a huge sale or whatever it is. I mean, I think like the fact that, you know, you're talking to somebody who's still like in it. Right. And, and managing through it, I think is like the other piece of this that I think is pretty unique. But, but I think that also comes back to your credit to the fact that you know, and I completely understand and agree where you say entrepreneurs are very, it, it's lonely. Mm-hmm. And I think when you, when you think of the entrepreneur, they're either starting something in your case, like, because it's for the better. Yeah. And that is a, that is a, an easier mission to hold on to or easier, easier reason or purpose to hold on to versus I have an idea that I want to make a lot of money off of Yeah. because there's nothing else in the industry like it. Yep. So to your point, like that doesn't happen overnight Mm-mm. and that is going to take time. And you're probably going to come out a lot shorter than you think you are for quite a while. If yeah. that's your only goal. Yeah, and so no. You- and it's so true in every industry. I, I mean, it's uh, Greg Renfrew, who's the CEO of Beauty Counter. I mean, she's done so much and Congress to tr- try and fight, you know, some of the ingredients that are going into our cosmetics and, and, um, you know, it's the same thing. She's like, you know, her company is, is definitely continuing to, you know, do well and over time, but it's like, it's, she was way ahead of it. Like talking about beauty ingredients, um, there were people talking about it, but actually also willing to roll up her sleeves and go and fight for some of this stuff, which is very much what we're doing in our industry too, is really, is really unique. And there are only a few um, right. that are people that are out there that are doing it. So in regards to the book, like I love that the title just comes out and grabs you. I mean, undaunted. That's just, that's just such a, like it just hooks you right in, which, you know, one word hooky things like hint or undaunted. But when you think about the book and what it means to be undaunted, 
what is that? Why is that the, the message that you want the readers to take away? Like what, what is the overarching feeling that you want them to take away when they read this? Yeah, I think that, you know, there's this idea that entrepreneurs don't have doubts, don't have doubt, doubters that are doubting them, don't have fears, don't have failures. And, um, and I think that the, that's clearly not true. And every entrepreneur that I've talked to, um, what I feel is in existence with these, you know, entrepreneurs or successful people or, you know, professional athletes or whatever is that they try. They mm-hmm. go and they try to actually accomplish something. And by doing that, you know, they remain undaunted, right? Like they just, they get back up and they just mm-hmm. keep, and they keep going. And yeah. I think that, you know, it doesn't mean that they've ignored those failures. They often have this mindset of saying, I might fail, but, you know, I tried and here's what I learned, you know, Mm -hmm. through those times. And even you and I were talking earlier about, you know, being a leader and managing during COVID. Like I always encourage people. And I think this is part of being undaunted. It's like, what'd you do right? What'd you do wrong? Mm -hmm. Right. The best and the most successful people are actually able to talk about that. Right. And, and I think that this book, clearly, if you want to be a beverage entrepreneur, like a hundred percent, this book, you know, will will share a lot of stories that will either encourage you to go in this direction or not. But I think the, you know, it's not just for entrepreneurs. It's not just for female entrepreneurs. It's, it's, you know, clearly a book that I really think that, you know, it's got this, it, there's a, there's a mindset of being mm-hmm. undaunted that is, you know, in all of us, if we actually choose it. And as I started out the conversation talking about, um, you know, I also think it's, it starts with you and it starts with like, why do you allow, you know, walls to get up, you know, in front of you? I, th- I think like the more educated we are today and the more we, you know, live in our lane, we also have these ideas that we can't do certain things because we maybe don't have the right education. We maybe don't have the right experience. We, you know, we, we come up with 15 reasons why we can't instead mm-hmm. of like three reasons why we can. And like, I, I just think if you start to change your mindset and live a life of being undaunted like that, it just like, it's amazing how many things you'll just go try and you'll, you know, really laugh at yourself a little bit when you do fail. And, you know, and, and I think like those are the people that I really see are, you know, kind of the happiest too. And because they're just every day they get up and they're just energized by, okay, what can I go do today? And I think that message needs to be blasted out there even more, especially as we're dealing with, you know, people who are losing their jobs, you know, like, during COVID, I mean, I, and, or they had to, you know, actually quit their job because they're at home. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you just have to just stop. It means right. maybe that you have to kind of, you know, re-energize a little bit and then, and then figure out what's next. But that's the, that's what this book is really for. And do you think too, and I've, I've experienced this, but I would love your, your opinion on this. Do you think that front loading of doubt is what leaves a lot of ideas uncovered. And it's, I have the idea, I think it's a great idea, but then all of a sudden doubt starts creeping in before you even get the idea off the ground. And it's it's that front load of, you know, you mentioned like yeah. 15 reasons. Yeah, you don't even there. allow yourself to go there because you just like, you know, you just think like, oh, I can't. Or, and I think that that's, that that's the thing. I think it also just plays into what I also think is really, really important um, for leaders is, you know, to kind of also think about, um, you know, what do you want to do every single day? And right. like, what gets you up every single day? And what, what do you like, you know, just because you were a lawyer or, you know, something else like, you know, it, is that really what you want to ultimately do for the rest of your life? And, mm-hmm. and so I'm, very much about that as well and really trying to find you know what you want to get up and do every single day and I think it's just such an important question so really the book is is you know my my sort of 
chance, I guess, to really share with people kind of my stories and, you know, who I am, some of the, some of the challenges I've been through and, you know, and also the great things, you know, that I've been able to develop and hopefully it will inspire people to just go out and try and live undaunted and, you know, and, and, you know, really do what they ultimately want to do and don't allow yourself to be blocked by, you know, thinking, Oh, I can't do it because. Right. So, and, and I, I think not only are you a perfect example of overcoming that and becoming undaunted yourself, but I think the stories that you tell throughout the book, if you're not motivated you're probably, yeah, after reading the book, you're probably not thinking of the right idea because yeah, no, totally. the way that you position your, which I, I also applaud your humility too, because it takes a lot to say, hey, look, I mean, we, we discussed this earlier. The idea of admitting that I have doubts, I have fears, I, I have, you know, I have sat still in an idea because I didn't think I was the right person to do it. Mm-hmm. That mentality we it's all experience. So important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's so critical to say, look, there, it's going to happen. I think people that go into those situations, and it sounds like you, you had that on the front end too, because you walked into a brand new industry to you with no experience. So you had to think, wow, this is, this is a space that I don't know that I have any business in, but you totally. had a purpose to get into it. And yep. so I think that in of itself is so motivational to say like, Hey, look, I had plenty of doubts in this. And, and even throughout, and even as things have grown, I'm sure that, you know, that, that has come back into play because no matter what the, the highs and the lows are, there's, there are going to be doubts, whether internal or, or, and, or external. Exactly. Keep your eye on. Well, congratulations on everything, everything under the sun that you're doing and keep doing what you're doing because like, you know, there are thousands of others like me that are completely appreciative of you and, and very thankful for you being undaunted. Oh, going the so route nice. that you Well, thank oh. you so much. And thank definitely you. we'll see you on, on social media too. Yes. Excellent. Well, check out KaraGolden.com and follow Kara everywhere on social at Kara Golden. Kara, thank you so much for joining us. On yeah, the totally. Podcast. Thanks. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Enrich Your Soul podcast. For more information and resources, visit richbracken.com.